Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. There is some conversation that makes us uncomfortable, but is much needed to move the needle forward. Today's podcast is definitely one of those. Hate crimes against Asian Americans have significantly risen in the past year, including the mass shooting that took place in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, where eight Asian American women were shot and killed. I, Coach Hitty, am an Asian American. Today, I sat down with Coach Michelle to talk about what it means for me to be an Asian American in today's world and what I think could help unite us all. Just a fair warning, this conversation is heavy and deep. And as I repeatedly claimed throughout the episode, I was super uncomfortable talking about some of the things mentioned in the podcast. Please keep in mind that my point of view is mine alone. And anything I say in this podcast, I say with strong intention of love. We hope you enjoy our conversation. As always, thank you for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on iTunes. Let's get this started. Let's talk about a little bit of a heavier topic today. So if you're not in the mood for heavy topic, this is a warning to let you know that uh, it's going to be a little bit more on the serious side of the conversation. Um, so just wanted to give listeners a warning for that. Um, so I want to start off by saying that I'm I'm very fortunate, very, very fortunate to be in a community where I feel like you know, I'm, I'm loved, I'm cared for, and I feel supported. Um, you know, I don't fear for my life or anything like that. So in that sense, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. I'm, for, I'm grateful. But, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode today is it's also going to be a great historical reminder for us um, that this was going on in today's world in 2021. Uh, this increase in Asian hate crimes. So I did a little research this morning because I wanted to give a context and, you know, numbers to this conversation because, you know, this this topic is real. I think we see it on the news and the numbers itself speaks for itself. So center of the study uh, for of hate and extremism found that anti-Asian American hate crimes reported to the police rose 149% between 2019 and 2020. Whoa. Yeah. Stop Asian American and Pacific Islanders Hate Group. It's a group that's, uh, you know, that's an organized group. Reviewed reports of nearly 3,800 hateful incidents during the first year of pandemic. And it also makes a note that hate crimes are often, they go underreported because not everybody reports them. The most recent one, I think that's still fresh in our mind, is the March 16th mass shooting in Atlanta. Uh, There are eight deaths, majority of them whom are Asian American women. uh, And they were the target of the hate crime. So, that's the background. And... You know, for me, as I look at this, right, these things don't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It doesn't manifest just one day like the world decides to hate on an Asian American. 
And if you are listening to this and thinking, oh, no, it's, you know, it's always been going on. It's not a big deal. It's just being magnified. I hate to tell you this, but you're wrong. This has been manifesting and it has increased and has brought attention to a lot of people for, I think, for various reasons and, and for important reasons. I think back to my childhood, right? And it's the small things that didn't maybe seem like a big deal at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but have also been magnified uh, with hate as the driving force that I believe has led to these kind of crimes. Um, you know, let's let's take a step back and look at this situation as a whole, right, first. Hate drives and spreads so much faster than love. That's a fact, right? Hate spreads so easily. And that's the unfortunate part of this. And, and, and somebody asked me the other day, so he's like, what do you think is like needs to happen? And I said, I think it, there needs to be a lot of things that needs to happen to combat this. But at the end of it, like love needs to be the center. Mm-hmm. How do you combat hate? It's, it's love. And it's, it sounds fluffy and it sounds like, oh, wow, that sounds so wonderful. But really, like it, it needs to be love. It needs to be love as the driving force. Because when I think of love, it, incompa- in, it, it includes everything, right? Love doesn't mean that you're just accepting of everything. We all agree on everything and we sing Kumbaya together. That's mm-hmm. not love, mm-hmm. you know? Love means understanding each other or trying our best to understand each other willing to have uncomfortable conversations for us to be vulnerable to share our own experiences and even when you disagree you can say hey i respect that and even though i may not agree with you i understand Mm -hmm. to me that's love right and process of love takes a long time to build and it's not a quick fix And I do truly believe that increase of the hate crime has to do a lot with our quick fix culture. And because our because of our quick fix culture, we became so impatient. Right. So when we see issues like this, we think in terms of how do we fix and we expect one simple answer. Which is not the case. Mm hmm. And when you think when you start to talk about the complexity of the issue, what, you know, smaller things that needs to happen, people throw their hands up and says, oh, that's not true. Or they find loopholes and say, well, I had to go through this and somehow it turns into their story. And so. The real issue never gets resolved. Mm -hmm. And I think this is true in a lot of different issues, whether it's. um you know, the women's rights issue or whether it's, you know, the black Americans, you know, trying to bring the concern onto the table. I think the same processes happen. Now, Asian Americans by nature, we are very quiet. We don't say a lot. I mean, you know, let's let's be real. Like Asian Americans usually are the people who sit in the corner of the classroom. That's one of the stereotypes that I had to live with. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes that were given to me uh, that I, I, I didn't know existed until I came to America. You know, um, you know, I came to America at age 12. I didn't speak English. I looked different. 
So what do kids 12 and 13 year olds do? They find people who look different and they make fun of them. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of life, you know, unfortunately. And, and to, to, you know, to a certain degree, it made me tougher and it made me kind of, it, it, it taught me how to learn with difficulties. Some stuff that like I obviously couldn't control. I can't look, I can't control the way I look. I couldn't, I'd, I'd have no choice of where I came from or how I look. It's just who I am. And so when things like that are become the source of what you get picked on, uh, life does get a little bit difficult, you know? And, and that's something some people never have to go through, you know, based on where they were born, how they are raised, who they are around. Like, you know, let's, let's be plain and simple. If you're a white male or white female in Danville area, you probably would not have to live with that. True. You know, like you grow up in Danville as a white person. Most of the people that you see on daily basis, most of the people that you grow up with are going to look like you. Um, and that's not, that's neither good or bad. I'm not saying that, but it's just, um, it's just a factual statement. Right. And, and then I don't have anything against that, but you know, when you try to really think in terms of what are these people saying, always remember that con, you know, always remember those contexts. Cause that, that comes really important, mm-hmm. you know? And then I think I don't want to be afraid attacking this topic. Because I think it's important to be really honest. Mm-hmm. And honest dialogues is, is a very, very important thing. And I want you to know that anything that I say in this podcast comes from love. Of trying to explain, trying to meet in the middle ground. I think because finding that middle ground is so important. To me personally, looking at the whole uh, social injustice issue, I think both sides are guilty of being super aggressive. Either aggressively you know, trying to aim towards the middle ground or aggressively defending where they stand. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I see it personally. So when we talk about social injustice, we unfortunately have to talk about this issue of what a white privilege is. And this is a really tough subject, especially because I'm sitting across from you, dude. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and I think there's and, and then personally, right. This is my personal opinion. I don't like the term white privilege. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. I think that white, the term white privilege puts a really negative, s- negative um, feel to the subject that we're discussing. And I think if I wish there was a better term for it. Um, but it is what is being used to describe some of the things that I talk about. That's why we need to bring it to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, and the reason why I don't like the term is because it, immediately as soon as you hear as a white person your reaction is probably a knee-jerk reaction is like oh, what do you mean a right. privilege you know <laughs> not me right but <laughs> but it doesn't like for a lot of lot of people it doesn't make them want to come to the table and say hey let's discuss this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's that's why i don't particularly like the term I, I i wish there was a better term to describe it. i don't know the solution i don't have the answer or the the, the, the substitution word for it but I wish there was a term that would make people think to themselves, like, yeah, like, I want to know what this is, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like, no, that's not true. Because I think that's the reaction that most people would feel. And anyhow, 
this idea of white privilege, right? And what white privilege is, from my understanding, and I think there's a lot of different definition, is exactly part of it, is that. Is when you are an immigrant, you walk into a classroom, you don't have to worry about being made fun of for the way you look. Because majority of the people that you sit in the class with either look like you or understand what it feels like to be made fun of for how they how how they look so then they don't do that to other people mm -hmm. you know what i mean or if i go for an interview like as an immigrant right if a white male and i go for an interview the white male is most likely going to be hired that's based on statistics that's based on and on the fact that if i went for a job I may not even qualify for it based on the fact that I'm not an American citizen, so it requires more money. That's white privilege. I do it again. I don't like the term, mm -hmm. right? But that's that's what it's referring to. The fact that if you choose to, you have the option of keeping your eyes closed on those issues and go on with your life and be content. Whereas there are certain issues. That uh, that as an immigrant or as, as an Asian American, I'm face I'm forced to face because of my background and because of my skin color. Those that's what white privilege is, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not denying any of the issues that you would have to go through as a white male or white female, uh, particularly white males. I think you know if if there's a power structure, I think white males are in the power. You know, like there, there's just no denying that because there's a, a lot less that they have to deal with uh, in terms of how they are, how they come through in life, how they are raised. Um, and and I'm not I don't have anything against that, but that's just looking up at the spectrum of things. It's 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 hard not to notice it. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Especially in today's world where like we, we f I feel like the needle should be moved a little bit further forward. And the reason why and, and, and to be honest, with you, I'll be perfectly honest with you right now. I am very uncomfortable talking about this. I am because. I mean, I don't want to offend anyone. That's not the goal. And then I can see how this could be interpreted as offensive. But at the same time, this conversation is so important, even at our level. I know we're not celebrities. I know that we're talking to audience of maybe 20 or 30. But even on a small scale like this, this type of conversation is so important to start to move the needle forward. It really is. And honestly, on this end, you know, we, we both knew I wouldn't have a whole lot to say today. Uh, but you um, you bring in awareness to these big topics is so people um, people are very grateful for that. A lot of people in our community are very glad to hear these things just sitting across from you today. I mean, how well do I know you? But you're bringing up these points that you and I haven't discussed before and that maybe I don't see, you know, because I've I've always lived here and, you know, I. I, I haven't come from another country and I haven't walked into a room like that and, and been faced with those problems. So yeah, you're bringing even just a lot of awareness to me for things that maybe on a daily basis, I don't even consider. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I don't think anybody's going to take offense to, to what you're saying here. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope not, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm also hyper aware of mm -hmm. how it could be perceived and, and it's sometimes a difficult topic to tackle, sure. especially in our community. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's funny that our podcast is called in our community, but in our community, sometimes I am uncomfortable. Um, and then even in the, in the communities that I'm involved in, I actually send that. So like, let's talk about like how to move the needle forward. Right. I, this is going to be all over it. I kind of knew <laughs> that it was going to be, but so like if, if we think in terms of how do we move the needle forward, I know that part of my, part of my responsibility, it's not my job, but my, it's my responsibility. If I really say that like, Hey, let's move the needle forward. Calling people to move the needle forward is not enough. Action matters more than words. Right. So one of the things that I did yesterday is I am part of this group called Dance Owners Association, right? So Dance Owners Association is a great group and they, obviously they're, they're a company, so they try to sell like these pro- programs to like enhance your dance business, blah, blah, blah. But I've, I've found their information to be valuable. But recently I've noticed that in every single ad that they run on Facebook, the company owners or the dance studio owners that they highlight are over white males now dance studio owner industry in general is predominantly white female owners mm-hmm. white female owners i'm sorry so so the ad that they run is predominantly white female owners right so but i also understand and respect and i think it's great that white females are predominant in this field like that's fantastic but if i see Every single ad that they promote puts forward and center white females. As a minority Asian male looking at these ads, my immediate reaction is, oh, this group is really not for me. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with today's society, today's world. That's just going to be my initial reaction no matter where I go. Because it makes it look like almost like a country club, right? Like if it's not a, a diverse background of people, um, and and it's, it, I don't care who they highlight. It doesn't matter who who they highlight. But if it's one particular picture, right, of white females, I'm not gonna feel like I belong there. Right. And I'm used to being the minority, but like if I'm really going in as a business owner who wants information, who's going to share thoughts and ideas right away, I want to feel like I I belong there. Right. Like that's human nature is you want to feel like you will belong there. But based on the pictures that I see and that's what I see, I'm not going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So I send them a message. I said, hey, I value what you guys are providing. I think it's really incredible that you're sharing this information and I've tuned in on your free seminars and I found it to be helpful. But I've also noticed that the ads that you run are of white female studio owners. And I think it's great that this industry is dominated by women and, and, and it, is, it is awesome that they're all successful. <laughs> but as a minority owner, as an Asian male owner of a dance studio, immediately my brain goes to, I don't really belong in this group. This organization is not for me. Especially in today's modern world, I think it's a very important topic to cover. So I wanted to bring it to your attention. I don't expect your change of course of marketing team to just change the course right away based on my message, but it's something that maybe you want to consider. Thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm just kind of like letting them know my perspective. What they do with that information is up to them. Um, but that's something that anybody and everybody can do. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of 
how important compassion is, right? So one of the things that recently came up, and this kind of goes to a different social injustice element, is the NCAA, NCAA weight room issue between men's and women's, right? Big one, yep. A huge one. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. If you haven't seen the picture, men, men's teams had like this glamorous setup of a whole bunch of weights, a whole bunch of racks, blah, blah, blah. Women's quote unquote weight room had a massage table with dumbbells that had went up to pairs of 15s. <laughs> right. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> and a couple of yoga mats. Right. <laughs> In that situation, it's normal probably for female athletes or any females to see that and be like, what the heck? Right. But it's also probably a lot of males looked at that and said that's not a problem or that didn't take issue with it. That alone is a problem on its own. Mm hmm. I wish more people had more compassion towards other because if you think about it, any males, right, have a close female that that they spend a lot of time with, you know, whether that's a wife or mom or or a sister or your significant other. There are female figures all around. Mm -hmm. Right. And and when they are being mistreated like anybody, it doesn't matter if you're a man or women, like we should be like, that's messed up. You know, like that's the compassion side that I think sometimes we lack as human beings nowadays. And sure, we can't, you know, it's hard to, I'm not saying like we have to get behind every single social injustice problem. Some are going to mean more than other to many of us. Mm -hmm. But in general, we need to work on being more compassionate for each other and supporting each other and saying, hey, like this needs to change. We need to move the needle forward. Right. As you're talking, one of the things I'm really thinking about, too, is we need to educate ourselves better. It seems like so often people will, um, people, especially young people, will will hate something that they really know nothing about. So maybe it's learned um, from their community, from their family, from something that they see on TV, from a stereotype, from whatever it is. Or maybe um, an entire culture uh, will be disliked because of maybe one instance and that doesn't define you know an entire group of people no matter who you are so um educating yourself and really becoming more aware getting out there and and finding out truths before you take a big leap i think that's um part of the whole you know love that you you talked about before don't don't jump to conclusions don't make assumptions about anyone or or any group before you you really know yeah you know it's interesting so like one of the solution that i have on here is like honest conversation Mm -hmm. right what does honest conversation look like go with a like a super vulnerable state be like hey i really don't understand if some if you're somebody like i really don't understand this issue go up to somebody and be like if I come across as ignorant, I apologize, but I really, um, I really care about this issue. Could you tell me a little bit about your story? Mm-hmm. I don't expect, you know, the, the goal is not to have somebody provide you with all the answers, but the answers you will come across by listening to different people's stories. Right. You know, and I think in terms of like, so if somebody came up to me and like, so it's like, where do you think the hate crime started from? I would go as far as to say, like, it starts from like small things, minor details, you know, 
you know the term melting pot, right? Mm. We hear that often. America is a melting pot, right? Right. But that term is actually like, to me, it's a little offensive. You know, like melting pot means like you rid of who you are and become this one new. Mm. And that's like, no, 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 it shouldn't be that. Like I think in terms of like, and then this is, I, I got to give a credit to my host mom. She said, no, it's more like a stew. So all of the components bring out the flavors together, but they are also standing strong with who they are. Hmm. So it's more of a stew than a melting pot. Right. I like that. So it's not like you're dissolving to confine to what this is, this idea of what, what a greatness is. No, no, no. You bring greatness together by bringing who you are into the mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how it should be. You know, understanding their strength and weakness, their history, and having compassion for what they've gone through. And also, if you're somebody who never had to go through, like, you know, I don't know what, uh, what, it, what it's like to be a white female in this country. I don't, you know, I can't, I can't relate to that because I'm not one, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I can read all about it. I can study all about it. But to be one is a totally different story. Right. So who, how do I understand what it's like to be one? Mm-hmm. I ask for your story. You know, like I, I, I talk to you about and I hear your stories in different ways. And I hear and then I'm you're not going to be my only source, but I'm going to try to get yes. as many stories as I can and try to understand and relate it. And my job as an outsider, right, who works with a lot of white females is to create an environment that they feel safe coming to. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that I can do, you know, but without understanding your stories. I won't be good at providing an environment where you guys feel safe and comfortable training. Right. Um, So that's like the application process of how we can really start to come together. Right. we can take the similar approach in any issues. Um, I guess I'm really passionate about this topic because I think back to my kid. I don't want my kid to go through something that I have to go through or feel uneasy like I do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, I feel very fortunate to be where we are. But at the same time, if there was a wish, I wish there was more conversation like this that took place. Right. Because I do feel like sometimes when I try to talk about racial injustice issue, I hold myself back because I didn't know how it's going to be perceived in this area. Uh, and I don't, I, I know that not many sees or, uh, you know, uh, some people don't see the issue the same way that I do. Uh, and I tend to surround myself with people who do see the same way. But even if the people, you know, if I come across people who don't see it the same way, I just want to have an honest conversation, you know? And when we have these conversations, it's hard to not put yourself in the conversation like you can't take the conversation as a personal attack but to really see it as like okay i understand and then the self-checking and self-reflection happens on your end right do you know what i mean yep what do you think about all this dude <laughs> well it's a lot i mean you're you're absolutely right um we are sort of sheltered in this area so a lot of this i don't see and i'm not aware of so the self-checking i'm doing right now is am i compassionate enough mm. you know i i see people for who they are i don't look at my my friends and and think okay you know well there's there's you know, three Asians and there's, you know, four, what I, 
I, I don't even, sometimes I don't even see it. I just see people for who they are. And I know that that's not how many people are. So I need to be aware too. Am I being kind? Am I being compassionate? Am I being understanding? Um, there's a there's a lot of things that I haven't ever been faced with, so they it doesn't even occur to me that it could be an issue. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when when you hear of these things, and especially when they're far away, I think it's hard to think. You know, this this same kind of thing, maybe on a lesser level, is happening right here in front of us. Mm-hmm. So that's where your conversations I appreciate so much because it does it brings that awareness to me. It makes me open my eyes. Um, become more aware. Uh, it also it takes me back. Quick little story. Um, years ago, I was at a different job, and there was a um, a church group that there was a high population of a certain church group where I worked, and it it started to trickle into work. And um, there were times when it would become uncomfortable. So what I did, just like you said, I started asking questions. I even met with some of the the people in their church so that I could learn more, not to become part of that church, but just so I could become more aware, so I could learn, um, so I could understand more what your beliefs are so that I don't, not your beliefs, their beliefs, um, what their beliefs were so that I could understand and not, um, not insult anybody unintentionally. But I don't think a whole lot of people do take that extra step. Like, like you said, where, you know, okay, I want to understand you. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to, you know, do anything here that goes against something that you believe in. And even though it might not be my beliefs, I want to have a greater respect for what yours are. Um, so I think that's where, you know, just, as all humans, it's just something that we need to do to just have a better understanding of everybody around us where they're at. I agree. I mean, it comes back to love, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Love makes you want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like if you love something, you're going to want to learn more about it. If you love something, you're not going to want to hurt it intentionally. Mm-hmm. So then you do your best. You try your best to not hurt them intentionally. But love also means once you understand, you also have the option to disagree respectfully. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and have an honest conversation and not get emotionally upset because love surrounds all that. Yes. And and love makes you want to learn more and more and more. So this is why I say the key to all of this is love. Right. That's, I mean, so many issues, Uh, you know, from small, I'm thinking about, you know, just small things that happen just in my own house to big worldwide things. Mm -hmm. That's it's so true. And, you know, like I said, love takes a lot of work. <laughs> it does. It does. Like it's, it really, truly does. And then, but love is very contagious, just like hate. The opposite of love is hate, in my view. And but hate spreads a lot quickly because mm-hmm. hate is easier to find that common sense. It's 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 strange. It's easier to hate than it is to love. Yeah, love I agree. Does take a lot of work. Yeah, and and it's almost in in today's like, um, you know fast quick fix you know impatient culture Mm -hmm. love seems like the total opposite of what the society promotes you know because love i think in terms of like a good soup or a good stew it takes a really long time to like for the flavors to come out right Mm -hmm. hate i think in terms of like fast food you know that quick fix like yeah i'm hungry so i'm gonna go grab this kind of thing but you know is that really like the most delicious thing you can eat? Probably not, you know? 
And so... Always comes back to food with you, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, food is at the center <laughs> of my life. Just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it, if, I think food yeah. analogy helps sure, a lot. Sure, no, at least that's, that's mind, a yeah. really good way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yep. Yeah, look at the world. Look at the, even just this last year, like some of the things that you mentioned in the beginning. I, that is shocking to me, first of all, um, the Asian hate crimes and how much they've gone up in the last year. Um, that is, that's unheard of to me. And I didn't even know, you know, I, I didn't right. even realize. I mean, to be honest with you, I should have known better. You know, I should have seen this coming. All the politics aside, and then this is like really walk, walking on a tightrope. But when a leader of a country names a pandemic, China virus or Kung flu, there is going to be consequences that's going to follow. If a leader spreads hate like that, mm-hmm. right, you can't call it anything else. That's a racist remark. That's hateful words. That's going to spread amongst its followers. Or the people that live in that country. And and honestly, it's a byproduct of that that we're seeing today. Now, the issue itself has always existed. So he didn't create it, but he did magnify it. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. This is has no polit as as much as this sounds like a political statement, it's not. It's just what a leader of a country decided to do by calling it those things. What he did was you can't deny the fact that he magnified the issue of Asian American hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then with a lack of 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 knowledge, awareness, yeah. um, people just like children, you know, if they hear their parents talking about something, they, they don't they may not have ever, you know, been confronted with that same situation. But, you know, because the leaders in a house will say something, they'll mm-hmm. follow uh, just yep. because it's somebody that you you respect and. Uh, that's leading you. Mm-hmm. Hate spreads fast, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Unintentionally, like some of the things that, like when somebody says China virus, I don't think that they intentionally think they're saying hateful thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They think like it's in a, it, it's become somehow in society okay to say, so they say it. But to me, like. So let's talk about like the significance of that word. To me, it has the same significance as the N-word. Like it's the same thing to me. You know, it's almost should be treated the same, Mm -hmm. but people don't. I don't understand why. The only reason why is because a leader of a country back then decided that it was an okay thing to say. But that's not true. You know, that's absolutely false. So now we have to kind of undo and unlearn those kind of things and make it not okay so people stop saying it. Now, I have to also say, I didn't stop people from saying it. So I am as guilty as the people who are using those words. You know, that's something that we all need to do, right? Like, we all need to think in terms of, like, what can we be doing or what could we have done to stop this from happening and how do we go from here? Mm-hmm. One of the reflections that I had to myself was, like, I really should have stepped up to the plate and stopped people from using that word or corrected them at that moment. But I didn't. But you're doing it now. Right. So this is, I think, in in a way, like, I hope that this conversation, as uncomfortable as I am having this, mm-hmm. and as uncomfortable as some listeners may be, if they probably didn't make it this far, that it makes them think a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. 
Yeah, it's opened my mind tremendously, even though I may not be guilty of some of the things. I don't even recognize that other people, you know, are, are feeling this way. So now having that awareness, I can move forward, be a little better and, you know, hope to set a good example for things that, I, you know, I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. So I'm grateful that we discussed this topic today. Yeah, it's a. Uh it's an important one for sure. And I never want to stay away from tough topics because mm -hmm. I think out of tough topics, learning opportunities and moments come to life. Sure. And so I hope that it was now I, I, I have to make it. I always like to make disclaimers. I'm not an expert in the field. <laughs> I just know what my story is and I've done a lot of reading. And so some of the things that I'm saying are straight from things that I've read or something that I've formed in my head based on what I've read. Um, and the numbers and statistics, I did get it from, you know, uh, a credible resources. Mm -hmm. Um, but on, as far as what I'm saying on this podcast, please remember that it's one's opinion, not a fact. And it's always important to remember that. It's good to get yourself thinking. For sure. <laughs> any, uh, any other thoughts before we conclude this podcast? No, I just think educate yourself, keep your eyes open, be aware, be really open to, it's funny, I always say no, and then I go on with a long thought, right? <laughs> Every <laughs> single week I do that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. But, but yeah, yeah, just, just, uh, just be aware that there are things happening out there in this world that we can be better at. Yeah. All of us can be better, and, and there might be things happening that you're not even sure are happening, but they are. So just be kind. Love, like you said, love. Love everyone. Love conquers all. Yes. Well, well we're getting all, we are getting fluffy now. I know we are. <laughs> Before we get too fluffy, let's end it. Okay. Right. Thank you for listening as always. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.